The Antidote welcomes Peter Espival to the show for a talk about his music project, Rada. Peter, this is a real honor to have you with us. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. Before we head into your Rada album, I want to take a look at your past, because your music began really with an incredible band. I mean, Extol is famous in the music scene. Were you surprised by the response the band received? Um, the response that Extol received, you mean? Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I guess. I mean, back in the days, I mean, it's, it's a long time ago now, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, you know, to me, you know, I was so into it. So you, you don't really like, you're just so into the music. You're so into touring and, and making music and, and, you know, so I didn't really think much about, you know, that we had a lot of success or, you know, stuff like that. I see it much more now when I look back. Uh, also because I, I, I can sort of see now all the effect that Extol has had on, on so many bands and, and so many people around the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like when you're in the middle of it, you know, we were just kids playing and having fun and, and making music that we loved. And, uh, yeah, but I'm, I'm so grateful for whatever we have achieved and all the music we have made and all the people we have met and, uh, you know, yeah. It's been a it's been a journey, right? So it's it's like living, you know, back in the days you feel like you lived the the kid's dream, right? <laughs> <laughs> and that's exactly what I was going to bring up because I'd read that you were 14 when you started making music with Extol. <laughs> so literally yeah. you were kids. Literally, yeah, for sure. I mean, I was 14, the other guys were 16, so yeah, kids for sure. <laughs> <laughs> And as you've mentioned, I mean, myself, I've had so many bands on The Antidote for a talk who've claimed Extol as a huge influence on their music. Right, wow, yeah. But you know, something else that I really find interesting is how many non-Christian bands were also affected by Extol's sound. Have you ever considered Extol to be unique? Um, to some degree, but I mean, we also stand on the shoulders of, of others again, right? So, so I mean, we we have our bands that we were our heroes, other people that were our heroes that, you know, made it possible what we did, and then and then, and then we did what we did, which you know in turn inspired someone else to do something new. So, you know, it's just it's just this path that, that we're lucky enough to have been on, and and someone <laughs> were before us, someone were after us, and and we were lucky enough and fortunate enough and blessed enough to to be on that path. Um, mm-hmm. But w- when it comes to, I mean, you're asking me about something unique. I mean, I-, I would say that our music, like when I look back again, I think there's something unique there. Uh, but again, obviously we have our influences and everything, and you can hear you know, stuff here and there from, from our influences. But I think one of the reasons why sort of our music stood out has to do with us being kids because we were, as, as I said, 14 and, and 16. And many of the, you know, the people in our school, everybody were into metal at that time, at least here in Europe. And, um, and everybody was just making cover songs of, of, you know, Metallica or Guns N' Roses or Sepultura or, or you know, whatever. Sure. Uh, but we didn't do that. From the very, very start, like from the first rehearsal, we wanted to make our own music. We never did any cover songs. Uh, and I mean, it sounded terrible, you know, for the first years. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, just staying true to creating something for ourselves, slowly but surely, 
gave us this sort of unique sound that ended up to be okay. This is you can quite clearly now hear an extol song, e- even if it's like from the blueprint dives or or from undersaved. You can still hear. I mean, they're so different albums, but you can still hear. You know, this is extol. So I think that's probably one of the reasons that maybe we made something partly unique in this world. <laughs> <laughs> I would definitely fit that label to extol. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah. Something else about the band is that it's been on and off hiatus over the years. And I guess really you haven't been active with them for over a decade since Sextol released the self-titled. But you're okay with that. Yeah, I'm very okay with it now. I mean, um, Christer and David, they have uh, their band called Azusa. Um, Ole has his Flesh Killer, which is also a death metal band. And obviously his his solo career. you know, I, I wasn't going to do any music again. I was quite sure about that because uh, <laughs> I got music all the way. You know, I was just finished. I was done. But during the pandemics, actually, I, I something happened inside of me. And, and now I, I love music again, which I haven't done for, for 15 years, to be honest with you. <laughs> um, That's what I was curious about, because most creative people just can't stop creating. But it sounded like you did do that. I did. I, I, I like my closest friends just called me the musicator for many years now. <laughs> so I, I really, really honestly thought that I wouldn't do any music again, which was fine, fine with me. Uh, I, you know, as I said, I've been lucky enough to tour all over the world and, and release, you know, a lot of albums and just meet so many people. So, okay, that's fine. I, I'll take that and, and I'll move on. But um, yeah, something inside me wanted it different. So now, seriously, creating music now for me, it means everything to me these days. <laughs> That's fabulous. Yeah. So when you first began Rada, you know mm-hmm. something, I tried to find out what the name meant. And the only things I was able to pull up was it was an Indian name meaning sound and noise. And another oh, wow. page said it meant lake or pond. But obviously, I don't think any of that really fits what you were aiming for. No, um, it is actually an old Norwegian word, which means to create or to make something. (laughs) And what could be a more perfect fit? Exactly. Uh, And it's with this, uh, like we spell it with a regular D, but it's actually with this old Norwegian D with a sort of like a... Uh, yeah, I don't know how to explain it, but but it's actually rada. That's sort of how you, I guess, would spell. Not that I know. I, I don't know old Norwegian, but that's supposedly how you're supposed to say it. Um, yeah. <laughs> I suppose I should have you tell us about your partner in rada, Osmond. Yeah, Osmond uh, is uh, uh, one of my closest friends. Um, we got to know each other, you know, many like twenty years back, or yeah, fifteen years back when. Um, our wives, <laughs> they used to be really close friends. So we met through them. And uh, yeah, we, we haven't done any music together. We've been working a lot together. With, we've been you know making films together. Uh, we've been hanging out like at least once a week, every week for the last 10 years, <laughs> taking a sauna and uh, you know just having, uh, having a good time together. Uh, and he had been doing some music uh, for himself just, you know, not really focusing a lot on it, just as a hobby, I guess. Um, and I guess it was around, like, in the 
just before the pandemic started, he had sort of tricked me to to start to have some say in his music. Like he was like, "Hey Peter, can you check this song? Like, can you give me some advice?" Or, or... So, so I started to involve myself a little bit in his music, which I thought was really cool because I mean he's a really really talented guy, um, and I thought his song was really nice. And I thought, yeah, well, of course, you know. Um, I can do that. Um, and then that one thing led to another. And then I asked him if he wanted to play or sing with me in my 40-year um, birthday party, um, which is now three and a half years ago. And he said yes. And we we played the Simon and Garfunkel, Old Friends Bookends, that mm-hmm. song. It's a beautiful, beautiful song. And that was the spark. Like, that was like, it felt for the first time in in so many years, music felt real to me again, doing it together with him, playing a song that had some proper meaning and substance for that special occasion. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I had been a little bit involved with his music. And then after that, he, he just asked me, hey, Peter, uh, do you want to like, do you want to do music together? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, let's do it. Now is the time. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So he's a really, really, really talented guy. Uh, good at making. I mean, his real passion is uh, is making movies. Like he's a director, mm-hmm. but he's also a very talented musician and composer. Do you think it was just because it was so relaxed that's what's made it easy to start back up doing music again? Yes, uh, you are nailing it. Because I, I remember just telling him because with Extol you will always have expectations not only from fans or from, you know, like a label, if you've done a record deal or something, but also from your mates, like your bandmates and yourself, right? Mm-hmm. There, is, there is this box called Extol and, and, you know, it means something, like you have to relate to, to that box in somehow. But with Osman and with uh, Rada, it was just, okay, wow, I'm free. I can do literally anything I want. And we actually had like a, a mantra when we started out. It was, there is just one rule. And that rule is that anything is allowed. There is no rules. Genre-wise, if we like it, we'll do it. <laughs> so, which was really, really inspiring and, and freeing, I suppose, for me. And just, uh, yeah, as you say, I could just really relax in it. And, and no pressure, no stress. We just made songs whenever we had the time. Yeah. So you're onto something there, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> well, I guess two years ago, Rada released your first single, Gospel Oak. Yeah, it's almost two years exactly, actually. In I think, uh, yeah, sometime June, it's two years, yeah. Part of the lyrics read, Hatred, greed, and fear is a sinister mix for man, yet here we stand. I mean, man, when you said that, you're describing the whole world. Yeah. But what was it that got you so fired up? Donald Trump. <laughs> that's understandable yeah again this is like in the in the pandemic and um like when you're when you're so much alone obviously i have a, a wife and kids but you're not so much with friends and you can't really you know you don't get your your normal socialization and you know your talks with with people and stuff like that mm-hmm. and um I've been following like American politics for many years, um, just because I think it's it's quite interesting. And obviously, the U.S. is a big, <laughs> a big country in this on this globe. Mm-hmm. So yeah, 
not to go into politics here, but uh, I'm sure there are many of your listeners that um, are on you know one side and the other side of, of the U.S. politics. But for me, um, a lot of this what I interpret as a sort of racist mm-hmm. politics. Yes. Which, uh, when I did some research uh, at that time, I, I could also see a very clear link to actually the church, like in the U.S., like like um, yeah, way way back where um, some of the politics actually came from the church. So just this connection made me made me just really really um, angry, I guess. Mm-hmm. So the, uh, I'm sorry, I, I'm not an English native speaker, so sometimes uh, it's a little, a little bit hard for me to express myself in uh, in nice terms. But uh, yeah, so that was at least the sort of the, the um, what this song came from: anger and frustration towards you know something. I mean, the gospel of Christ is all about love and inclusion and warmth and and like so everything that has to do with segregation or separation or or, you know um it's just in my heart and in my head it doesn't combine right well you know that song also sort of has a punk mindset (laughs) really you know it's ranting against the politics of the day yeah for sure yeah more of our songs have that. We are a little bit of a protest uh, <laughs> band, <laughs> you know, like like you had in the sixties and the seventies, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, the punk bands, I guess. <laughs> I mentioned a moment ago that it took two years for Rada to release the Mirrorland album. How did it work for building the songs with the two of you? Was it easy or was it difficult at all? Uh, not easy. <laughs> I wouldn't say that. Um, obviously we had to sort of find the way as we went along because we hadn't made music together before Uh, and none of us had made orchestral music before and I mean there's quite a lot of orchestration and uh, strings arrangements and uh, brass arrangements and winds arrangement in this on on many of these songs oh yeah yeah, completely new uh, for me and for us so, you know, it's like the whole album is, is like a feeling of doing something that you are not really in control of, but just following your heart. That, that's basically at least my approach to this. It's just, okay, I hear it in my heart, and now I'm going to try to get that out into sound. <laughs> that's how I, I write music. I have no, I, seriously, I don't know any music theory, like nothing, notations, nothing. So everything is just from my heart, and then I try to just play it somehow, <laughs> program it or play it or, yeah. But doing it that way makes the music more real. Yeah, it could at least be more real. I mean, I feel it for myself that I, I enjoy that because sometimes like people that are really, you know, have gone to different schools or whatever, sometimes it can be a little bit predictable what's coming. Um mm-hmm. And rather, I guess it's the complete opposite. Like, yeah, you can't really predict what's what's happening there. <laughs> for better and for worse. I mean, yeah, we just try to make nice music. <laughs> I guess I should say how much this release surprised me. Because really, it wasn't what I was expected, because it is so different from Extol. Mm. Mirrorland is probably the smoothest album I've ever heard. Wow. <laughs> I could really seriously see this being used as a film score, you know, or even better, maybe as a Broadway musical. Wow. Wow. 
I'm uh, I, I'm tearing up. <laughs> this is uh, like the best compliment you could give us. <laughs> yeah. Did you have that in mind while you were building the album? Yeah, for sure. I mean, as I said, Osman is a director. We both, and as I also just said, like when I make music, I, I like I see a story or see a picture or a, or a film, uh, you know, and then I just try to write to that. So that's the, very much the way we approach writing for Rada. Yeah, so you're, you're again, you're spot on. And, uh, you know, both of us, um, well, he's more obviously more the future going ahead now. I, I want to make a lot of music for, for film and TV and games and stuff like that. That's really what's on my, my heart these days. Oh, so, cool. Yeah. Yeah. So writing music with uh, that comes from images inside of me, that's sort of what, what this is, what Rada is, for sure. When I mentioned that business about Broadway... I guess I was really mm-hmm. thinking of The Girl and the Raconteur. It has yeah. this huge sound that would fit so well on stage. Mm. We actually talked about it when we wrote the song. Uh, like, uh, oh, how fun wouldn't it be to, you know, just, you know, make a musical, like a proper musical someday. Um, so, yeah, that's a dream. That would be really, really fun. And it's funny because I've never really been a fan of musicals. Mm-hmm. But um, the last couple of years, I, I've just really been changed because <laughs> it's uh, again, it's about this, you know, vividness and this, like the the um, cooperation between uh, the live thing and and the, um, you know all the exciting things that can happen oh, on sure. the stage. Yeah, you know, with the song title including the word raconteur, is that how you see yourself as a storyteller? Uh, Yes, but not in the context of that song, mm-hmm. uh, because the raconteur in The Girl and the Raconteur is the world that we're living, telling us that it's completely fine to just keep on consuming forevermore uh, and not really think about it. So so the raconteur in the context of that song is, is basically just telling us all to, to keep swallowing the lie that we can just continue destroying our world. Mm-hmm. Um, so in that context... Uh, I'm not thinking about my, in that context, I'm the girl, or we are the girls. <laughs> but uh, as a songwriter and a musician and com- composer, yeah, I think of myself as a, as a raconteur. Something I found interesting is that there actually is a direct connection between Rada and Extol, because the song Pearl was on Extol's 2005 The Blueprint Dives release. And now Mirrorland includes a new recording of the song. So what's the story? Yeah, you're right. One might think that this is something I brought in, but it, but it's like, it was actually one of the songs, or probably the song that introduced Osman to Extol back in the days. Oh, really? So he hadn't heard, when we met, he hadn't heard about Extol because he wasn't into death metal or metal at all. Mm-hmm. He's a pop guy. Um, so, so he, he had like the first times we met, he was like, yeah, okay. Oh, so we play in a band. Oh, okay, fine. You know? Uh, but then he got introduced to, uh, the blueprint dives and, and especially Pearl. Uh, so, I mean, Pearl has been like a favorite for him for many, many years. So I think it was him that, uh, you know, or was it, I, I don't remember, but somehow we, we started talking about it. I was like, oh yeah, maybe we should do a, a cover of Pearl because 
it's sort of like a crossroads, like uh, like a place where we could meet in Rada from our our past. So, uh, but I was very uncertain all the way up until the final mix, actually, to be honest, uh, because I know from experience that you know you you shouldn't cover songs. I mean, you, you, you should be quite certain, like when you have covered a song that you want to release it because people have uh, a lot of expectations and people have a Pearl is, is one of like the songs that Extol has, well, one of the hit songs, <laughs> I should say. <laughs> you know, a lot of people, a lot of people would say that Pearl is one of their favorite songs. So there's some reverence and, and respect uh, that you need to, to put into it. So I, I was really uncertain and I didn't, I couldn't feel that we had nailed it uh, so, so I tried again and again and again to rearrange and to, to sort of do different things with it. And mm-hmm. it didn't really feel right up until uh, my friend John Reichardt from Australia. I asked him, because he's a hip-hop producer, um, and I, I got this idea that, okay, let's really shake it up, but still with this reverence and respect. So I asked him if he could put some uh of these beats like a little bit of this old school beats on the song mm-hmm. uh, and that's when it uh, sort of uh made sense to me finally after a lot of back and forth uh so after he had put his stuff i was like yes this makes sense and the fun thing is that he also is a really big pearl fan <laughs> so it, it was like the circle was kind of closed like now it was what it was supposed to be something else about that song about pearl is that is typical of a lot of your songwriting. And that is that many of your songs can be viewed in different ways. So mm. like Pearl, on the surface, you could see that as earthly love, but mm. it's actually about God's love. Mm. Do you enjoy having ambiguous songs? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I would like whoever reads the lyrics or, or, or hear our songs or, or feel our songs or see something like visually in our songs, like see what you will see. <laughs> um, I have written it because of something, but I don't want you to feel or, or understand necessarily. Sometimes I guess I have some, like for example, on Gospel Oak, uh, there is a really strong drive to say something about the you know, abuse of power in political and religious structures and stuff like that. And, you know, it would be, Good if people understood it, but but then again, you know, if, if you understand something else, good. On the album, Barada also delivers a history lesson with the song San Benito. <laughs> yeah. Given to set us free, we'll shape this book exactly how we want it to be. At least it all makes sense now, and better yet, it gives us control. Yeah, so that was accurate for the Spanish Inquisition. Is it still accurate today? Exactly. I think it is in in many ways, yeah. I'm I'm not uh, really like a good history guy, but I know what I see today, and um, I can see a lot of misuse of, uh, you know, God or religion or, or holy books or whatever, mm-hmm. uh, you know, stuff that were. I guess at least it says so. It it's supposed to set us free. It's supposed to to teach us love, and then we basically. Just shape it as we want to, right? We we shape the the truth the way we we want it to be, and and we end up uh, misusing power and, and stuff like. That. I think really the most interesting thing about Mirrorland 
is that it's almost this dichotomy. You've got this really smooth, flowing music, and the topics in the song are so... <laughs> they're so <laughs> pointed, they're so on fire, they're so angry, and they just hmm. seem to be at odds with each other. Hmm. Yeah, it's... Uh, I mean, if you have heard Extol, uh I think that's a connection you can see quite clearly there as well. Um, maybe a little bit the other way around, like with a quite brutal expression, but with lyrics that are um, very <laughs> love-centered and uh, Christ-centered, I guess, uh, on on many of the songs as well. Mm-hmm. So this, um, like this outer point, like the, right. the, the black and white or the from mellow to hard or, like this is something I guess also with Extol and now in Rada that you're we're always playing with right to shake things up a little bit. Well, sometimes you're playing with words, but other times there are no words at all because you even include a couple of gorgeous instrumentals to the album. Yeah, thank you. How did they add to the overall sound? Mm, to us, it you know sort of like interludes. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, like as you say our lyrics are so it, it's quite much it's a lot to take in right uh, and not only the lyrics but i mean the the songs themselves is it's so many harmonies it's so much vocals it's strings it's brass it's flutes it's like so many things happening so just giving people a little time to breathe uh mm-hmm. with these um instrumentals a little bit shorter instrumentals there are no vocals um and they're not over-arranged or like it's, it's not so many things happening on them. Uh, we thought that might be a good thing on a on an album <laughs> for those who still listen to albums uh, from start to finish, <laughs> which I guess is not many people anymore. <laughs> <laughs> now, Mirrorland finishes with something human and the song ends with the line, let there be light, say there's something in us all, say there's something human. So then you wanted to finish the album on a positive note? Uh, yes. I mean, Something Human is, is to me, it's like my baby on this album. Uh, it's a really, really, really important song to me. Um, and again, back to, to the pandemics and, and the political climate that we have these days, and everyone is just pulling in different direction, and we're so polarized, and... You know, mm-hmm. there's so much anger, there's so much fear, there's so much, uh, you know, we're afraid of each other because we don't understand each other. We, we you know, we're trolling uh, on the internet, on, on social media, and we're just doing everything that makes us go, like, apart from each other. But then we, we just need to find a way to uh, see each other again. Like, I mean, we are human beings, that's it. And the rain will fall on anyone. And so, yeah, the ending there is like, hopefully there will be a light that will shine so that we all can see that, you know, there's something common in us all. Mm -hmm. Something human that connects us. So that's sort of my my baby for this album and my my prayer for, for this world. And seeing ourselves, that was the reason for using the title Mirrorlands. Mm, exactly. Like mirroring each other, uh, mirroring ourselves. I mean, there's yeah, so many symbols in this album. 
like we have a song called Tainted Mirror as well, uh, mm-hmm. which talks about, you know, the, the window that we have into social media and into uh, TV or, or like media in general, like all the, like w- what's even truth anymore. So that's sort of a window or a mirror that we're looking into and that we reflect. So, okay, mm-hmm. uh, are we a part of that or are we not? Like, how do I see myself in, in the mirror of social media and how do I see myself in the mirror of other human beings? Like, all this kind of stuff is, is uh, big uh, themes in this album. Well, you did a fabulous job. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Peter Espival has been with The Antidote. <laughs> Peter, <laughs> thanks so much for wasting your time with me. <laughs> uh, this was uh, the least waste of time I've had in a long time. So thank you so much for having me, man. I really, really appreciate it. It was a nice talk. I really appreciate it.